Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. Here, I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode. Hold on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yes, there's something that we really need to address, think about, talk about uh, here in America, an issue and a problem that we're facing in America, all of us, man and woman, boy and girl, all of us alike, even those who haven't been able to figure out what they are or who they are, we're still dealing with this issue. And um, I want to try to tackle this and just talk about it today, bring this out in the open and and, uh, share some of my viewpoints on it. And what this is, is the idea or this concept of this so-called toxic masculinity and the issues around it and some of the things that people are saying. Because men, um, well, and ladies, men, real men, are under attack in America. And and it's just, it's sad. It really is. And it's stupid. I mean, it just really is ignorant and stupid and foolish. Men are under attack for simply being men, acting like men, walking like men, talking like men, doing things that men have traditionally done for thousands and thousands of years, suddenly, all the sudden in our day and age, it's a problem. And I wanna read to you an article. This is from pjmedia.com. And I will put the link again in the comment section or the description section for this particular episode. And, um, but, Here's the, the name of this is Five Reasons Masculinity is Increasingly Coming Under Attack in America. And this is written by John Hawkins, and it was published January 19th, 2019. And it says, Masculinity is increasingly coming under attack in America. The American Psychological Association has practically de- declared it a mental illness saying traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance and aggression is on the whole harmful end quote now i want to stop and just make a little point on this the quote in those little parentheses if you can see me right now my little fingers are next to my ears going up and down this quote it starts out traditional masculinity now that right there should send up red flags for absolutely everybody men and women because it's traditional in other words it's something that's been going on long enough with man with men in our culture and our society that has become a tradition that if you go back a hundred years uh, uh you would see these traits in men. You go back 500 years, you'd see the same traits in men. Now, all of a sudden, those things that men have been doing, saying, thinking, working out, living, all of that suddenly is toxic in our generation. Anyways, let me go on with this. Don't get me started, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get me started. I'm thinking any minute now, my little squirrel friend or my little chipmunk friend is going to pop in and say something smart. But anyways, let me go on. It says, these sorts of attacks on men and attempts to redefine masculinity as something more feminine have gotten so ever-present that even a razor company like Gillette is crapping on men, noting that only some 
of them are good and warning us about toxic masculinity. And I do remember that, ladies and gentlemen. There is a, a Gillette commercial uh, um, that they put out coming against toxic masculinity. And in general, what they were doing was just coming against men and the people that buy their razors. Now, if that isn't one of the most stupid thing for a company to do is to bash and come against the people that keep them in business. I, I Ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't buy Gillette products anymore simply because of that, because I don't want to buy something. I don't want to buy something that they them think them, themselves, me, a customer, you know, are going to put out a commercial bashing who I am and what I am as a man. Why would I want to give them my money after that? Anyways, let me go on. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry. Another thought on that Gillette thing. There was a, there's a company called Egret. I will put the uh, a link for you to find, uh, you can see this commercial that this, I think it's Egret or Eggard. Anyways, they're a watch company and they put out a commercial as an answer to Gillette's commercial. They put out a, a, a commercial celebrating men and telling the truth about men. And when I saw that commercial, I was so moved and, and it's great. It's a great commercial, and I, I believe they did several more after that. But and again, you can find the link in the in the comment section uh, for this episode. But I was so moved by that. My wife and I were so moved that I, I said, "Listen, I really don't need a watch because they, they they make watches and sell watches. I don't really need a watch. I have plenty, but I'm going to buy from them just to support them. So check this out. So I stopped buying Gillette products, but I I wanted to go buy this watch from Eggert. So we went online. And we tried to order one. And wouldn't you know it, they were backlogged because there were so many men out there, so many men and women who appreciated their men, logged on to buy something and they were for months. So I just said, well, we'll just keep that in mind. Maybe in a month or two from now, we'll, we'll log back in and try to buy one. And I just sort of forgot about it. A few months go by and my wife says to me, she hands me this little box. I said, what is this? She goes, this is a gift. I open it up and there's my Egger watch. I go, wait, what? They were all sold out, they, you know, and all that. She goes, I ordered one and I've just been waiting for it to come in. So she put it on order and they had to make it and do that, you know, and bring it in. So it was, a, and I'm actually wearing it right now. It's my main watch that I wear all the time. And I've had it for, oh, I don't know, a few years now. And it's a phenomenal watch. It's a great watch, good looking watch, very strong, very tough. I'm very hard on watches. And this one's been lasting and it's doing great. So, uh, please, E-G-A-R-D, Google them or whatever and find them. Go buy a watch from them. Even if you don't need a watch, just buy a watch from them just to support them and build up companies that men, that guys, they have our back. They stood with us and they stood for us. I want to celebrate them and I want to I want to say I appreciate you. I'm going to buy a watch. Gillette, you know, I'll go to Schick or whoever else makes shaving products. Anyways, let me figure finish this. It says, it goes on to say, have you ever asked yourself why this is happening, this attack on, on masculinity? Number one, now again, this is in the article. It says, number one, feminism, feminism is now centered on getting special privileges and man-hating. Did you catch that? That's the subtitle here. There's a couple of quotes here. One by Anu Mather. I don't know who this is, and hopefully I'm pronouncing their name correctly. Anu Mather. That says, feminists want the power of men, the privilege of women, and the responsibilities of neither. That's a true and powerful statement. There's another quote here from Eric Hoffer. Every great cause begins as a movement, becomes a business, and eventually 
degenerates into a racket. And uh, the writer of this is uh, putting this in there in regards to the feminism, the feminist movement. Goes on to say, old school feminism was about getting equality with men. However, when that battle was decisively won in American society, there were a lot of women who had gotten involved so the movement who still wanted the glory, pay, and prestige of fighting for women's rights. So, feminism and its goals had to be redefined. Today, feminism uh, features a lot of angry women railing against men, exaggerated or outright false claims of an inequality like the endlessly debunked claims that there is a pay gap between men and women and increasingly trivial complaints. Feminism used to be about things like making sure women had the right to vote, while today, as often as not, the complaints are more akin to sunglasses being tools of the patriarchy. I'm gonna stop again. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I'm sorry. If if somebody were to say, do I believe in feminism? Well, you would have to define it for me and explain it to me. Feminism in the sense of, should women vote? Yes. Should women be allowed to drive? Well, absolutely. Should women be allowed to be in the workforce? Yes. Should women get equal pay to men? I would say if they're doing the same job, yes, absolutely. But if you're going to say something like, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, this is, it's actually kind of funny. And, so, and some of the complaints and the, and the things that the feminist movement of today picks up and, and charges with, it's just, it's, it's almost funny. Sunglasses? being tools of the patriarch patriarchy uh so if they said do you agree with that that is one of the most stupid things i've ever heard and for anybody man or woman to use sunglasses as a complaint against the opposite sex is i i don't even know what to say to that and and a lot of the other things that go along with it like oh we don't i've heard women say we don't need men okay you don't need me you don't need men around you know that quickly changes when a situation arises, like when their house catches on fire and they call 911, or somebody's creeping through their house with a gun and they call 911, the reality of it is, chances are, chances are that a man is going to show up to help you ladies, you feminists. I'm not against women firefighters. I'm not against women police officers. But the reality of it is, a great percentage of people in dangerous jobs are men. So when you desperately need somebody in a dangerous situation, chances are a man is going to show up. Anyways, let me go on this. Point number two from this article. Fewer men see themselves as capable of being masculine. I want to read that one again. Fewer men see themselves as capable of being masculine. A quote from Andy Ngo. It's spelled N-G-O, his last name. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So Andy, N-G-O, said, I understand why masculinity is under attack because I used to attack it. I once rejected all things masculine because I was bitter that I couldn't be a protector or leader. I let my jealousy of strong men turn into hatred and resentment. I was a miserable, it was a miserable way to live. So what Andy NGO is saying here in essence is I saw myself as a wimp and a weakling and it caused me to hate those I viewed as being stronger than me men being stronger than him ladies and gentlemen this is what the feminist movement is doing it is causing men to not really see themselves as men so guys out there hey dudes guys listen to me men if you're a man you understood what I just said 
Anyways, men, listen to me. Stop seeing yourself as weak. Stop seeing yourself as a coward. Stop seeing yourself as a wimp. If you can honestly say, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not where I need to be, okay, that's fine, but get there. And whatever it takes for you to feel like a man, if it if it means getting into the gym and 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 working out a little bit so you feel like you're, you're strong enough to be able to protect yourself, your wife and your children, well then do it. If it means literally arming yourself, do it. One of the biggest problems of why men don't feel strong as men is because of who they hang out with. They're either hanging out with other weak men or they're hanging out with women. Now, ladies, please don't misunderstand what I am saying. I am not saying that you are weak, but there is something, and I personally appreciate this about ladies when they're actually truly feminine. I don't like a masculine being around masculine women. You know, it might be fun to work out with them in the gym, but that's for me, that's about as far as it goes. I actually like women that are feminine. And I, I want to hang out with men that are masculine. And I like to know that there's a clear difference between the two. I love my wife very much. And I like and appreciate the fact that she is feminine. I don't ever have to wonder. Never. Every time I look at her, I know full well, not only did I marry a true female, but a feminine female. My woman is feminine, beautiful, soft, and she's supposed to be, and I'm supposed to be her protector. I'm supposed to be strong, not for myself, but for her and for our children. Anyways, let me go on. Here's another quote in this article from Dave Henry David Thoreau. Um, I recognize the name, but I'm not really sure how to pronounce that last name. Anyways, it says, if anything ail a man so that he does not perform his functions, if he have a pain in his bowels even, for that is the seed of sympathy, he forthwith sets about reforming the world. So what Henry David Thoreau says, or in essence, is if there's something that really is bothering a guy, he will set out to fix it. Okay. He even says, even if he's got a pain in his bowels, he's going to go reform the world over that. Now, I think that's a slight exaggeration, but the point he is making is well taken here. That when true men, ladies and gentlemen, true men, see that there's a problem in the world, they set out with their toxic masculinity to fix it, not just for themselves, but for their for their uh, wives, for their children, for their generations, for the rest of the world. This is why we got involved in World War One and World War Two. True men were around and saw that there was a huge problem rising in Europe. We got involved fit to fix that problem, not for ourselves, because a lot of American men died out on the battlefield, but for the world and for our generations. And I appreciate that. I really appreciate that men stood up in their toxic masculinity and took the bull by the horns and made something happen. And we're still reaping the benefits of it today. And then some knucklehead comes along and says, you guys are bad because you're toxic. Anyways, don't get me going. <clears throat> this article goes on to say, we live in an age where many men don't grow up with a dad around, where they don't regularly engage in traditionally masculine endeavors and where they are obsessed with their cell phones and computer games. They can use porn, but they have trouble talking to girls. They can see themselves as heroes in a video game, but being heroic in real life seems outside of their reality. <clears throat> they want to be masculine, but when they look at people who fit the bill, it seems to be impossible for them. So they start looking for change that masculinity means. They endeavor to create a weaker, less de 
demanding, more feminized version of masculinity that they can achieve. If masculinity is all about sharing your feeling, opening up, and avoiding doing anything that makes women uncomfortable, then the soy boys will finally be able to come out on top. I want to read that again. And there's a personal thing for me attached to that because there's a lot of ladies that I, I hear this all the time. They tell their husbands, they tell their boyfriends, they tell the men in their lives, you need to open up. You need to share your feelings. You need to, you need to cry. How come you don't cry? How come you don't? And, and listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, men out there, it is not wrong at all for you to have somebody that you can truly share your feelings with. It doesn't make you any less of a man when you shed a tear. It doesn't make you any less of a man when you talk about these types of things. The problem is there are so many that are trying to feminize men to the point that we don't just have a buddy that we bounce things off of and go to when we're having a bad day. We don't just have somebody who's safe, a mentor, a brother, a close friend, and or you know, uh, shedding a tear when we're really going through something, maybe with our wives or again, that mentor. They want us to put our emotions, our tears, our whining, our crying on public display. So when men, you do need somebody, this is just for your own mental and emotional health. You do need somebody that you can go to when you're broken, you're hurting, and you really need, to, you just need that. When I say strong arm, I mean a strong masculine arm as a father figure, a mentor, a strong brother in the Lord, something of that nature. And ladies, you need to be open to console your husband when he's really hurting and going through something without demanding a tear from him, without demanding that he opens up and pours out his heart the way you you do or your girlfriends do when you all get together. He's not your girlfriend. He's your husband. He is not the, you know, your, 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 your feminine friends that have no problem and see no problem with crying, shedding tears, pouring out your emotions. Those are all fantastic. But for men, they need an absolute, totally secure, bank vault, fortress security place and people to be able to do that. Because once you, you, once the man gets to the point where he's that vulnerable and that open, well, he's no longer masculine. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it just is the way it is. So I'm not saying, men, that you're weak if you cry. That's not what I'm saying. But you need to be careful and you need to find those people that are so absolutely trustworthy that it's like a fortress in that place or with that person that if you went to him or her and you complete him, shouldn't be a woman except for your wife, and you completely broke down and sobbing that when that moment is over and that person has helped you out and built you up, it will never leave his lips ever to anybody else, ever. That's what men need. Do you know why so many men are not more open with their feelings? Because they've been burned. They've been burned. They had their moment where they finally trusted somebody, they broke down, and that somebody did one of two things usually, or maybe three things. They either said something like, hey, quit crying, men don't cry, and try to just stop it and brush it under the rug and made them feel like a wimp in them that moment, or they took it in stride, they walked them, walked them, and then three or four other people came up to him. Hey, man, I heard you broke down the other day. I heard you were crying. Hey. So they go out and gossip about it, tell people that don't need to know about it. Or, 
and this happens quite often, more than we think, they don't bring it up to other people, but they keep bringing it up to the person who broke down. So give me an example. I'll give you an example. Let's say I go to, say, my mentor, you know, and I just, I'm at my wits end. Things are going wrong in my life. And I just break down and I start sobbing. He gives me the strong arm encourages me, builds me up, helps me get my head together, my heart together, and and even maybe help work out a plan. So, so far, everything's working out good. A week goes by, and he comes up, up to me. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, 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 you still breaking down? You still having these problems? How you working through? Now, it's good to hit a guy up, especially if you're in a mentoring position like that. Hey, how are you doing? But sometimes they word it in such a way that strips all true masculinity and everything that makes that person a man. He was starting to, you know, in that situation, the guy was starting to get his masculinity back. I'll put it that way. He's starting to feel like he's getting some control on this. He's starting to feel like, hey, I can really make some things happen. I've got control of it. I appreciate JoJo for helping me out. Now Jojo comes along. Hey, man, how are you doing with that? You still crying? You still want? Maybe they don't say it exactly like that. But again, it strips them down and it breaks them down again where they feel weak. You see, what we should be doing is making each other feel strong. Um, before I get back into this article, another little side note. One of the reasons I really appreciate the gym that I'm going to is, okay, now this gym that I go to, I, I, I'm part of a class, the noon o'clock noon o'clock class it's um inner chamber crossfit in lancaster california and i'm not gonna lie it's difficult now please if you're thinking about joining a gym come there it is i'm not gonna say it's it's not it's difficult for me because i'm doing i'm pushing myself but anyways the coaches and the people there they i've never been put down there at all i've never been corrected like openly to make my make, make me feel like i was a less of a man now my form has been corrected but that's for my own health things of that nature but never put down never have i walked out of there thinking man they just really put me down they just stripped me of my masculinity it's the exact opposite this is what i hear and and, and it's so crazy it's funny and some of my podcasts one of my podcasts I uh, was speaking with um, Josh Washington. Please go find that one. You'll see it in the title, Josh Washington. And another one was Daniel Jew. Both of them are um, coaches at Cross at the CrossFit Interchamber. And uh, anyways, I'll be, uh, say, doing a deadlift, right? Doing a deadlift. And for me, my deadlift is, I'm not going to tell you what it is because some of you might laugh, but it's okay. But so my deadlift for me is heavy. My single deadlift, okay? Single deadlift, right? And Daniel or... Josh, one of those two, or other people. Really, it's a bunch of people, but I, I'm focusing on the coaches mainly. So Josh or Daniel, if they're in the room, they're there, which they always are. Uh, man, Rob, you're so strong. Whoa, you've come a long way. Look at that. That's awesome. That's a lot of weight. I mean, I start feeling really good about myself, right? Feeling really good that I'm building up my strength. I'm, be ah, I'm being more of a man, you know, huh? I'm getting stronger. I'm feeling more confident about myself. And then what's funny is I'll look over at what they're they're lifting <laughs> and they're doing almost double of what I'm doing. So I'm like, you know what? Even though they are so much stronger than me and compared to them, no, I'm not that strong. That wasn't that impressive. You know, when I count up the number of plates on my bar and the number of plates on their bar, I'm like, oh, one day I want to be like that. But their words of encouragement build me up more than how much weight is or is not on my bar. And that's what men are to do together. And this isn't done in some sappy, soppy way. Men, you know, you know, pat 
patting one another on the back. Yeah, man, that's great. Whoa. You know, men, you could call it toxic masculinity all you want if that's what you want to do. But this is not toxic mas masculinity. This is, this is men building up men to become better men. And when we can become better men, even in the gym, I will be a better husband at home. When my confidence is built by other men in the gym, I'll be a better husband at home. I'll be a better father to my children. And I'll be a better grandfather to my grandchildren. I will be a better church leader because I'm coming at it and approaching, at it, approaching it with confidence as a man. So this whole idea of toxic masculinity just because we, yeah, yeah, me lift weight, me drink protein shake, me, that's so ridiculous. That's not where it's really seen. So what? Let the men drink the protein shake. Let the men lift some weights. Let the men do their hoorah and saber rattle. What are they like being at home? What are they like with the children? What are they like with their grandchildren? Are they sitting around crying and whining and crying and whining and sharing their feelings? Or are they standing up and getting the job done and making things happen? Anyways, let me go on. Number three in this, it's the subtitle, number three. It says, traditional men don't fit into America's victim-oriented culture. Oh, and this is so true. It, you know, you males out there, if you feel like you're a victim of culture or a victim of society or a victim of uh, the past, the past, not even just your past, if you think you're a victim of what's going on today and the injustices out there, I'm sorry, you're, you're not a traditional man. You're like a strange variation of what the feminist movement calls a man but you're not a traditional man. Anyways, let me read this. Warren Farrell, I believe is how you say his name, said this, virtually every society that survived did so by socializing its sons to be disposable. Disposable in war, disposable in work. We need warriors and volunteer firefighters. So we label these men heroes. Now, I'll be honest, I hear this and there's truth in it, absolute truth. I don't like the idea of men or anybody being disposable because we're really not. But the concept and the idea is if you're going to send anybody off to war, put a, throw a rifle in their hand and say, go out and kill the enemy, well, there's a strong chance that they'll get killed as well. But it's the men who are, quote unquote, disposable that actually make things happen in this world. Ladies, please don't misunderstand me. There are so many phenomenal women doing so many fantastic things. I am not in any way trying to put you all down in any way. But this is a time when men need to be appreciated for being men and being masculine. Let me go on with this. It says, traditional men are taught to keep a stiff upper lip, to grin and bear it, to do what it takes to get the job done. Traditional men do the dirtiest, most dangerous, most difficult jobs, and they know better than to whine and complain about how tough they have it. Meanwhile, America is increasingly becoming a victim-oriented culture where every person is encouraged to endlessly cry about how tough he has it. Given that we live in the strongest, most successful, most prosperous nation in world history, the vast majority of the complaints are baseless or laughable. For example, you can make just a good a case that we live in a matri matriarchy as a patriarchy or that our society is slanted towards women rather than men. But men seldom make that case. On the other hand, there are legions of w women willing to point the finger at men and claim that they have it so tough compared to guys while completely ignoring or minimizing the issues men face. In a society that rewards crybabies and complainers, those who are less willing to complain 
pay a penalty. Uh, that is absolutely so true, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I can't even, I, it's like if you cry and whine and shed some tears, you get all the attention. If you just got, get out there and do the job, if you just get out there and do the job, regardless of how easy or how hard it is, it seems like people ignore you. And it's the true men, true men that are out there just getting the job done. And it's the crybabies that are whining and I'm a victim. I'm a, just a victim. Yeah. Now, number four in this, and I'm, it's actually wrapping up, says divorce and single moms are factors. Divorce and single moms are factors. Now, I honestly can't believe that I am going to actually give a positive quote from this next gentleman because he and I would differ on most everything. And yet I find myself agreeing with this quote that he, that he said, and it would be our very own President Barack Obama. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually going to, I found one thing, one thing that we agree with. Now, I don't know the whole quote. This is just partial. So maybe I wouldn't agree with everything or his conclusions after this, but at least this portion of it, I agree with it. He says, we know the statistic that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves. And yes, that was from Barack Obama, President Obama. Now, again, I agree with probably now about 99.9% .9 of everything that man said and did, but I do agree with this, that um, boys, especially growing up without a father, without a father figure. It's just um, a problem waiting to happen. Now, there are some boys that are out there that grow into men that beat the odds, but, and it's, <clears throat> so it's not a perfect science, so to speak, but chances are, if a boy grows up without a father, they are headed for lots of problems, okay? So the article goes on to say this, just to be clear, I am not denigrating single mothers. There are a lot of great single mothers who do everything in their power and then some to take care of their kids. There are also many women who are in that position because of factors outside of their control. Dad got hooked on coke, cheated constantly, beat the kids, passed away, died, etc., etc., etc. Moreover, because we recognize the extraordinarily difficult job they have, people are hesitant to admit the obvious truth about children who grow up without a father out of fear that it may make a tough situation even tougher. However, the reality is that most of the behaviors we call toxic masculinity are a result of male kids being raised without a dad around. Look at these numbers on kids raised by single mom. 70% of gang members, high school dropouts, teen suicides, and teen substance abusers come from single mother homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger. And again, those would be the ones that come from single mother homes. 85% of all youths sitting in prisons, again, single mother homes. And uh, it, ladies and gentlemen, if you want the sources, they'll be in this article. So just click on the link and you can read this and find the sources in there. I'm just not reading absolutely every word in this article just for time. It goes on to say, a boy is raised by just a mother taught almost exclusive exclusively by women and has no positive masculine role model in his life. And then we blame toxic masculinity for how he turned out. Toxic femininity would be a better description of the problem. I want to say that again, ladies and gentlemen, because you need to hear this. We need to understand this and we need to stop blaming men, good men, for uh, the problems that we see 
with the bad men, okay? It says toxic femininity would be a better description of the problem. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe he went there and this man is still alive. We need to check on him because I'm sure there's a lot of feminists right now hunting him down for even pointing out something so absurd and so crazy and so terrible, actually putting the, the problem of toxic masculinity onto the women and calling it toxic femininity. Oh my gosh, how can you get, how can he, oh Lord have mercy. You know what though? He's 100% correct. When we see the major problems with men in the, all of these areas and the one factor is they didn't have a male figure in their life, only female. Then how can you blame them? I mean, don't get me wrong. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not suggesting in any way that it was okay on any level for a man to make a baby and then do whatever he does to not be a part of that baby's life. Whether it be just walk away as if nothing happened or become a alcoholic or a drug addict. To, to the point that mom says it's not healthy to be around me or the baby, you've got to get out of here. Whether he maybe does, does something stupid, gets thrown in prison, all of those are foolishness on the part of that man. And most likely, that man who now made this baby that's not going to be around to help raise that baby didn't have much of a father figure himself. So again, you can most likely even trace that issue and problem back to toxic femininity. That's a subject for another podcast. Mm. Number five in this article, and this is the last point. The contributions of traditional men are habitually ignored. Some, uh, Derek C. Sivers, Sivers said this, fish don't know they're in water. <laughs> fish don't know they're in water. Oh, that's kind of funny. Anyways, um, the very traits that the APA says are so harmful stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression are the same traits that built the entire world. If anything, saying that 98% of the great industrialists, scientists, generals, inventors, heroes, and leaders have been men with traditional masculine values is an understatement. Who created the Constitution? Who won every war America has ever fought? Who put men on the moon? Who built the internet? you're reading this article on men with traditional masculine values. When you say that is unhealthy or that we don't need them anymore, you are thoughtlessly disregarding the engine that built almost the entirety of civilization. That's the end of that article. And again, the author is John Hawkins. And it says here down at the bottom, he created rightwingnews.com. You can go look him up if you want. Right rightwingnews.com rightwing news is like one word rightwingnews.com and he built that in 2001 built it up uh, to a top of 10,000 in the world website created a corporation with more than 20 employees to support it created 3.5 million person page facebook page became one of the most popular conservative columnists in america was published everywhere from national review to human events to town hall to pj media to the daily wire to the hill wrote a book 101 things all young adults should know that was at one point top 50 in the self-help section on amazon did hundreds of hours as a guest on radio shows raised six hundred eleven thousand dollars in a gofundme for brett Kavanaugh's family and has been talked about everywhere from the New York Times to BuzzFeed to the Washington Post to Yahoo News to the Rush Limbaugh Show to USA Today. Today, John Hawkins runs a men's website, Brass Pills, 
and his Planet Hawkins podcast. So anyways, please, ladies and gentlemen, look up this article and you can get more information and pull, you know, check out some of these things that he talks about and everything. There'll be it'll be in the description area of this uh, episode. But I do want to follow up on that again. You know, even in my own life, it was it's been somewhat comical in some ways because for a long time, for many, many, many years, I mean, even when I was a kid, a little kid, I didn't really care for the color pink. It wasn't the color per se, but I always attributed it to being feminine. I had a lot of people, you know, I would say, you know, they would say, hey, you know, wear this shirt or I want to buy you this shirt. Well, it's pink. I won't wear it. What's wrong with pink? It's feminine. No, it's not. It's only a color. I couldn't tell you how many times I hear that, even from men. Hey, why don't you go get a pink tie? It's a power tie. It's a power statement. No, I'd rather have red. I'd rather have blue. I'd rather have a black one. You know, I would rather have a Jerry Garcia tie with a thousand different colors on it before a pink tie. Well, why? Because pink is feminine. No, it's not. It's just a color and it's a power color. I'd hear this all the time. And then um, I say, well, well, it dawned on me one day in one of my arguments, many arguments over the color pink. I said, when you go into the baby section of any department store, how do you know that, say, this clothing or this blanket for their bed or whatever is for a girl baby versus a boy baby? They say, oh, that's easy. The boy stuff is always blue and the girl stuff is always pink. Really? The girl stuff is always pink. Hmm. And you want me to wear a pink tie? Well, that's different. Why is it different? From the moment they come out of the womb, when we find out their sex and gender, like we used to do, ladies and gentlemen, like we used to do, the baby girls are put into pink and the baby boys are put into blue. Why? Blue was the color that described or was, was associated with masculinity, males. And pink was, was the color that was associated with femininity, females, it, from birth. From the moment you come into this world, it was pink or blue. And then now all of a sudden, they want me to take off my blue and put on the pink. Why? And I always tell them, no, I will not do that. I will not do that. Well, it's not like, you know, you have to be comfortable with your masculinity. I'm fully comfortable with my masculinity. That's why I don't want it to look in any way feminine. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why that was ever an ar uh, uh, argument or anything like that. Because people would get on to me like that. And if, hey, dudes, dudes, if you want to wear pink, go for it. Go, go ahead and wear pink. That pink shirt will look go good with your pink underwear. Anyways, I had the same arguments with people, with men, men even, over skinny jeans. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, skinny jeans. I'm just going to be honest with you. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you might find this interesting or shocking. I don't really care for skinny jeans on anybody. Uh, it's just not my thing. You know, I don't like them. I have some jeans because I, one time I could not even find jeans that fit the way I like jeans to fit. You know, or you have a little bit of movement in there. I always feel like the jeans nowadays are so tight. I feel violated when I put them on. But I have found some jeans and it, 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 it said something like slim fit, not skinny, slim fit. So I bought them, wore them. I thought they looked okay because they weren't super tight like skinny jeans, but they weren't my old fashioned baggy types. So you know, I just had to get used to it. But but when men especially wear skinny jeans, number one, skinny jeans, men, think about, I want you to understand this. It's associated with being feminine. I knew guys that wouldn't even shop for their skinny jeans in the men's department. They would go to the women's department. And when I asked them, why are you buying women's jeans to wear? They said, because these are skinny jeans. And in the women's department, they're actually skinnier. They're tighter. Okay. Why in God's name, why would you, a man, a male, 
want to wear something that's not just feminine skinny jeans, but go actually wear their clothes. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen, help me on this. Somebody say, well, you're just being crazy. Look, am I? I argued this 20 years ago with people and they thought I was crazy. Now what are we dealing with? Transgenderism. Is it associated? Of course it's associated. Of course it is. 20, 30 years ago, when it was like the skinny jean things, earrings in guys, pink shirts, pink ties, things of that nature that was being pushed upon us, okay, being pushed upon us men. Now you take that the full, and I'm not saying everybody that had a pink shirt suddenly became transgender. That's not what I'm saying, but they don't stop. They keep pushing. They keep trying to break down what true men are. And so it went from wear this pink shirt or this pink tie. Oh, you look good in this earring just just one in one ear you know that's all men are supposed to have and then it became two and it became this well traditionally at least in our era uh, um earrings are traditionally feminine and more and more men were getting them and then it was like wear the skinny jeans well women are wearing them yeah but it looks good on you you're a man wear it enjoy it boom 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 and now it's now it's uh I identify as a, a female. I get to go use the woman's bathroom. I get to play in women's sports. I can have a full beard, put on a dress and some makeup, and you are supposed to even talk to me and speak to me as a woman because I'm a woman. Do you, I mean, come on. I, I saw this 20 years ago, 25 years ago, where this was all going. I even told some people that, and they told me I was crazy. They didn't know what I was talking about. It's just a pink shirt. Chill out, dude. Chill out. None of that's going to happen. This is not going to lead to that. And what are we dealing with today? The ultimate, the ultimate in removing not just true toxic masculinity, but masculinity as a whole. And, and uh, it just blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. And then I'm driving down the freeway the other day in here in town i i i looked up at the, this billboard now they have these big lighted up billboards you know like neon light kind of billboards where it's like almost like looking at a tv screen and and i saw one for a uh, a botox center and it said brotox brotox now i i would i mean i'm i, I started laughing because it was like really you're gonna take something botox that's traditionally aimed at usually more at women you know, they want the fuller lips or whatever. And now you're spinning what's traditionally a feminine thing towards men. Now, you know, I, I want to be careful with this because there are certain medical procedures. I don't know that Botox fits into this, but certain medical procedures that men often need for some reason or another. You know, I knew a guy that needed up some minor some plastic surgery because of something that an accident that he had that he, they had to construct so i understand that so i'm not talking about those types of things but when men it's just a strange thing and i think we're crossing so many different lines in our culture as to what's truly feminine what's truly masculine and to me to me this is me this is my personal thing here brotox or botox is a feminine type of thing and i'm not even saying women should get it because it's actually injecting your you know, usually the lips or something like that, with a poison. So I'm I'm actually against it for even women in that, but I understand the concept and the idea of wanting to to look more feminine for for women. So if that's what it's aimed at, helping women look more feminine and feel more feminine, what's Brotox for? To feel more bro, broly? Hey, look at me, I'm broly because I got the Brotox. I don't know what the what is going on here, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't understand what is going on here. So from Gillette with their toxic, 
toxic, toxic, toxic masculinity commercials and putting real men down to Brotox, to skinny jeans, pink shirts, pink ties, earrings, all of these things that, again, were traditionally uh, feminine and these out now outrageous, ridiculous attacks on this so-called toxic masculinity when much of it, maybe not all, true, we would say true toxic masculinity, if there is such a thing, is really the fault of women more than men, if you really want to be honest with it. What are we dealing with? I don't know how anybody expects a man to really rise above and make it in this present world uh, and really make something of himself and really become the protector, become the good husband, become the good father, become the protector, the provider that he is supposed to, take on the world, slay the giants without somebody coming against them. It, it makes it very difficult for men to feel good about themselves. And yet, and yet, those who are truly, truly masculine, the real men, will find a way. We'll do it anyways. We'll rise above it anyway. We will find one another. And when we're together, just like going to the gym, it's not about how much weight we can lift. It's about encouraging one another building one another up, standing strong with one another, yes, giving that occasional hoorah, and walking out feeling better about oneself than when they walked in. Because men will find them. Men will find one another. True men will find one another. And we'll stand strong together. We'll lock arms together. And we'll become, to use this phrase, to use this, an army of what? True men doing what real men do. Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of the, our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at gwccrobert. That's one word, gwccrobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters. Give me the bad letters. Tell me the great things I'm doing. Tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day.